In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. This year, as, as Barbara just shared and reminded us, we mark our centennial anniversary as the Presbyterian Church here in Hilton Village. 100 years of Christian ministry. That's a lot to celebrate. And what a story we have to tell. I mean, we've memories, scrapbooks, record books, ledgers, photographs, and living witnesses among us here today and through the years. We've a real blessing here, a legacy to share. And looking back is good. But, of course, centennial years are for looking ahead as well, which I know sounds something like work, and maybe it is. Envisioning the church God calls us to be does take attention and commitment from all of us, every member. It is work. But, you know, when I think of our calling in Christ, when I think of the good we can bring in His name and in His power that is so here, when I think how God will be using us as blessings in this world, why that work of looking ahead doesn't seem so much like work to me at all, rather a feast of plenty. We're mindful of our calling, and so already this year we've been engaging the question of who we yet shall be. During weeks of Lent, we took on spiritual, very real disciplines of cultivating and letting go. We named those things in our lives we are wise to cultivate, like like devotion, spirit, mystery, humility, and discipleship. And those things we are wise to let go, like all our distractions, all our ego, all our settling too easy for easy answers, and all our pride and doubt. Pray these disciplines move us closer to the feet of Christ where we learn more what it is to be disciples. We, we certainly need that in any look ahead. And helpful too will be the church assessment tool we're using from Holy Cow Consultants. Remember the online survey? Our answers to all those questions paint a portrait of our life in ministry. And next week, our session and sabbatical team and, and committee representatives will be viewing that portrait in detail. There will be things familiar and things brand new. There will be things we never even thought of before. And I expect there will be a few signs pointing to new places we might go. Stay tuned for the big reveal on June 2nd, that's the Sunday school hour, 9.15, in the fellowship hall, we'll be sharing our findings with everyone. So come early to church that day. But most of all, in all we do, in any centennial reflection, what we most need keep in front of us, or, or let it be like a, like a mantle draped across our whole assembly, it is the good news of Easter and Pentecost. There's our focus for the church. There's our ground of being for any look ahead. And, and that's just what we've been doing. Recall on Easter Sunday, three weeks ago, we were with Mary and the other women with spices in our hands. We found the tomb empty and heard the news, Jesus is alive. We found the astonishing power of God to raise us from death to life, from brokenness to wholeness, from being lost to being found. The next Sunday after that, we were with the disciples 
That same Easter evening in the upper room, guarded we were, afraid and slow, but finding courage because among us our risen Lord suddenly appeared, showing Himself very much alive. Jesus breathes His enlivening Spirit upon us and He sends us out to be His people. And then last week, I wasn't here myself, but I understand there was a good and strong word. Amen? Did I hear it? Shared about what it is to love the Lord. What did he say to them there on the beach? What did he say? Say it. Feed my lambs. (laughs) Feed my sheep. Now, keeping it going, this focus on Easter, now leading to Pentecost, we turn to the book of Acts. And we'll be in Acts for a few weeks. The Acts of the Apostles, written by Luke, tells how the church began in Jerusalem as that first gathering of believers following the way of Christ, the risen Lord. And how, by the power of the Holy Spirit, the church grew and spread into Palestine, Samaria, all Judea, and then the whole, all the known world. Luke is a wonderful, adventurous storyteller, and we follow the apostles through all their their gospel travels. It's called the Acts of the Apostles, but a better title might be the Acts of God, because we see God working through them, bringing about miracles of grace again and again and again. Today we join Peter in chapter 9. Saul has just been converted on the road to Damascus, but here near the end of the chapter, we turn back to Peter and two amazing stories of healing. First, he's in the coastal town of Lydda where he raises Aeneas to walk. Aeneas who was paralyzed for eight years. He he raised him to walk again. And then Peter is called to the village of Joppa where he raises Tabitha from the dead. There's a lot in this story. For Easter people, there's a lot in here for us as we look ahead to the church God calls us to be. Now we might focus on Peter, since he's the miracle worker here, and it's striking to see him now raise the dead like Jesus could do. But I think even more compelling is this community of faith that Luke describes here in Joppa. Here, on the occasion of one of them dying, we're given some detail that really gives us a warm picture of what that church was like. Tabitha was beloved. You just know. That's her name in Hebrew, Tabitha, but she's also given the same name in Greek, Dorcas. Both Dorcas and Tabitha mean gazelle. So Tabitha is like a gazelle, strong, powerful, And she's identified as a woman disciple. Now Luke uses the word for male disciple over and over in his writing. But here is the only place he ever uses the word in its feminine form to describe a woman. Surely women disciples were many. But here Tabitha is particularly identified. And I think for good reason. I bet she was involved in so many things in her church. I expect she was on congregational care committee. I expect she headed up one task force after another. She's the one who greets you at the door, whether she knows you or not. I think, I, she, I bet she was humble and kind and fierce 
and true. Do you know Tabitha? Have you met her? I bet she cared for others at least as much as she cared for herself. How many of us can say that? Tabitha is a model for us all. She cared for those in her community. She particularly reached out to the least of these, the widows and others. She was devoted to their life in Christ together. Now the women who cared for her body, they washed her and then they carried her to an upper room and and then they brought in and laid beside her many of the dresses and shirts and, and things she made for them because she was a seamstress. And they placed all these fabrics, all these works of art and love around her as, as what? Uh, memories or tributes or thanksgivings or comforts or prayers. It's just what we would do today. Here is a picture of the early church, a community of faith being together in the hours of their letting one of their loved ones go. The church is there for one another. That's what the church ever needs to be. Can that be us? Can we keep that in front of us? Where we truly are there, truly for one another. What's more, in this story, the church in Joppa is a community of believers. They believe in the love of God to lift them up. They believe death is not the final word. It is telling that this community in this time of their loved one's death, when they hear that Peter is in Lydda just a few miles away, they send for him. They don't know if he'll come around, and they're not even sure what it is they're hoping for, but but at least they hope he'll be with them as a pastor in their sorrow, in their faith, and more to join in their witness that God will come and embrace Tabitha forever. Well, Peter arrives, and he sees their love, and he's moved to pray. I don't know why he sent them out of the room at that point. That's an interesting detail, but maybe he was still figuring it out, this whole apostle thing. But he did, and he knelt, and he prayed as Jesus would pray. He prayed knowing that God comes in power to save us from death. And then, in the name of Jesus, Peter says, Tabitha, rise up. And Tabitha opens her eyes and sits up. And then he helps her up and she rises to live again. He calls them all in and they rejoice. And then they go and tell the news again of God's power to save. And more and more in Joppa and and beyond they come to believe. I don't know the measure or shape of our church to come. It is a new day. And certainly uh, how we do church won't be just as we've always done it. But taking a cue from these first Christians who followed in the way of Christ, there is a ground of being that will ever keep us true to who we are to be, God willing. We are Easter people. We believe in the power of God to save us in Jesus Christ. And we believe in the power of life over death. And we know the power of the Holy Spirit in Pentecost that animates our faith. Called together, we share the love of God in Jesus Christ. May God bless us in our hearts and in our souls 
that in every new day we may yet love the Lord with everything we are and our neighbors as ourselves. And now to God's name be glory, honor, wisdom, power, thanksgiving, now and always. Amen.